0: It went straight down the middle. Then it started to... Speaking of Japan, because I don't know if it'll come up again, but uh, uh, as you know, Pat, we've had a lot of guests talk about the worldwide travel experiences afforded to them because of their golfing career. Uh, in, in, in large part, in some cases, because of colgate Palmolive sponsorship, and endorsement, and and involvement in worldwide golf, Uh you know, uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but what happens in Japan doesn't necessarily stay in Japan because we've heard some stories, <laughs> a lot of stories, yes. and I'm sure you've got a lot of great memories from your world travels, uh, uh across the globe uh, with this great game.
1: Well, I, I, I have Mike and you know, I have a degree from Florida international university in education, but let me tell you, Golf has given me a PhD
2: <laughs> for sure.
1: In in other countries, cultures, in uh, in uh, in travel, in um, in in everything. I mean, I this game has given me so much um, richness um, because of my travels, and only the game of golf was able to give it to me. But um, we had some moments in Japan. Um, you know, uh, the first thing that I remember is having women, you know, caddies. I'm like, I'm looking at like, you could be my mom. And you're
2: (laughs) caddying for me.
1: (laughs) Yes. You're caddying. I mean, I had to get over, you know, I had to get over that thought of boy, you're, you're, you could be my mom and and you're, you know, lugging this bag up and down these hills. And I mean, there were hills.
2: Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and,
1: and of course, Bruce, you remember, there were times we took escalators. Yep. We'd get on this, uh, we'd get on this thing that was up into the hills and it was like a rubber mat that, you know, took us up with our clubs to the next tee box. I'm like, this is really amazing. Um, yeah. Some, I mean, but you, the golf courses were, were built up in the hills, Mike, because the flat land had to be for the rice paddies.
2: Rice paddies, yeah.
1: So we, I mean, we we played golf courses that were up in the mountains. And a lot of times we were, es, you know, we took, es, you know, elevators and escalators up to the next tee. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was... Um, they, they, uh, of course they were the Japanese, the Asian, they're fanatics of the game. They love the game. And whenever we came over, um, they just couldn't get enough of whether it, you know, whether it's the women's tour or the men's tour, uh, they just couldn't get enough golf. And, um, now here's an interesting story, guys. I, I went over not long ago, uh, uh, we we went over for Dr. Honda. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And um, he uh he was uh, uh, he loves golf and um he put on this pro am. He put on this tournament and there were uh there were like 20, 30, 20 of us from the uh, legends tour, women's legends tour that went over. Now we played the pro-am. While we were playing the pro am, Dr. Honda ordered Four or five, you know, little kiddie pools, little kiddie pools, fill them with water and stock them with the most bizarre fish (laughs) you could ever think of. And as a thank you for these pro am people, these guys fished in these pools. For these exotic fishes that they could never buy. It would be way too expensive, Mike, for these guys. So there were tuna. There was octopus. There was you name it. Some guys got so frustrated, they they jumped into the pool to get that tuna. And once they grabbed that tuna, they would bring it over. And Dr. Honda had a man there that would... I don't know, fillet it. Clean it up or, and cook it. Yeah. And they would put it in a baggie, and these guys were singing all the way home <laughs> for having these exotic fishes that would be way too expensive for them to buy uh, at a fish store. <laughs> oh,
2: i got to take you back a little okay. bit. Okay. When you were on the regular LPJ tour and you visited Japan, I want to know yes. If you were in the first bus or yeah. the second bus? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, let me tell you, fellas. In the early days, I was in the first bus. In the later days, I was in the second bus. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We've heard a lot of great stories about those buses. I mean-
1: there were a lot of great stories and we you know we spent bruce you remember we spent three or four hours in a bus trying to get from the course to our hotel yeah so we had i mean we had the music up we had dancing in the aisles i mean i think amy alcott's got still got bruises on her hips (laughs) from from you know banging into the seats that were on the bus funny
2: funny stories uh, and
1: uh you know we used to get chits. We used to get dinner chits. And at the end of the week when we didn't use our chits, we'd all put them in a pool and then the beer, the wine, the soda, you name it, that bus was full oh. of whatever. <laughs> and it would you know it would take us 3 hours to get home, 4 hours to get home with that Tokyo traffic. Yeah. But we we, we really did have a great time. And then one year we had a toga party where we all put on our kimonos and our bathrobes and we would meet in other rooms and we would have a toga party.
2: <laughs>
1: we, we, we had some great fun. Yeah. And, you know, and it was interesting too, Bruce because when we were home, we were scattered yeah sunday night Sunday night would come, and we were all off in different directions. but when we went to Japan, we were together, and we bonded for that week and a half to two weeks that we were over there playing and it was really a lot of fun,
0: good times and life lessons
1: Whoa. oh, without a doubt, without a doubt,
0: yeah. Well, let's finish up with 1990. Uh, We talked about uh, your win at Moon Valley. Uh, You finished the year with a a win at Corning uh, by three over Patty Sheehan. And then uh, that sort of just leads us into another sort of career year. Of course, it wasn't a three-major year, but you still were player of the year, dollar winner, Trophy winner, four victories. Let's start it off, Bruce, um, at the 1991 Centel Classic. And guess
2: who was the victim again? Ayako <laughs> Okamoto finished second.
1: Yes. Yep. I mean that um that that was up in um up in northern uh Florida. Yeah. And um it was uh, I believe it was on the golf course that um the head coach of Florida State, Bobby Bobby Bowden, was oh, at. Yeah.
2: Killer and Country Club.
1: Yes. And um that was uh, it. Was a tough golf course. I remember having, I mean, today these kids don't know what a two iron is, Bruce. Mm-hmm. But I remember in a couple of holes I had to hit a two iron into some of these holes, <laughs> and um, and 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 of course Ayako, um, I I just yeah I I played well enough just to uh, just take her by one, and um, again I. My my hope and dream was to be Player of the Year at least once, but in 1991 to have done it a second time, that that just um, that was beyond um, my wildest dreams that I would do it a second time. And again, it helped validate the hard work and what I what I fretted about in '86, um, trying to back it up
0: and and you did it on the strength of a pretty good September, Bruce. Boy,
2: I'll say. She uh, uh How about this? Rail Charity Golf Classic. Six shots yeah. winner over Daniel Amanakapani
1: with yeah. rounds
2: of 67, 65, 65, 19 under par for three rounds. What? <laughs> That's some scoring. And no jail at the Rail.
1: There's no jail at the rail fellas. You're right. (laughs) And, uh, that was, uh, that was, that was a a great week. I mean, I, everything was working that week. I, I putted fantastic. And, um, you know, to have, uh, you know, to have that moment again, uh, and again, uh, fellas, this is all leading up to my 30 wins that I needed to be an LPGA Hall of Fame, and um, the rail was was part of uh, that journey, and and I'm you know so grateful.
2: So you won you won again at uh, Safeco, uh, Meridian yes. Valley Country Club, and then, yes, your Hall of Fame victory came in the MBS LPGA yes. Classic at uh, Los Vegas Country Club, where she, where you beat Michelle Still.
1: Yes. Um, the safe go classic guys was a uh, was uh, was an interesting um was an interesting win um on the eighteenth hole I hit my driver into a creek and i had to take uh, i had to you know uh, one cl- two club lengths, one you know from the creek and then um you know couldn't re- it was a par five So I'm in one, out two, I hit, I hit up, I can't reach the green. So I hit up on this par five. And so now I have a wedge in and I hit my wedge. Uh, I don't know, about 20 feet again, 20 feet. And, um, you know, Rosie's, you know, Rosie's getting her bag packed, ready to, (laughs) you know, you know, uh, go to the airport, um, and I make this putt, and now we are we are in a playoff. and um we go the first hole, then we go to the second hole, the seventeenth hole, a little dog leg uh, uh right to left, water on the left hand side, and Rosie goes, pat. I got a plane to catch. <laughs> you know, let's go. I got a plane to catch. And so right then and there, I checked Rosie off. Mm. And sure enough, I won on that second playoff hole uh, with a birdie, and Rosie was able to catch her plane.
0: And you were happy to put her on the plane. Rosie Jones yeah. was a heck of a player. She just never got that major, did she?
1: Uh. No, she didn't. And she was a tough uh she she was a grinder too, Mike, and a very good putter. Um, her short game was, you know, was terrific. Um, but, yep, she never, uh, she came close but never got that major. And then, guys, it was almost like um, after I won uh, that Safeco, the, it was almost like the man upstairs said, Pat, just hang on. I'm not going to let you sit around. And you know waited out any longer um you know when I got to uh the m b s at los coyotes um it was uh it was a you know it was automatic i mean um i i mean i just knew that um i i i knew right then the moment I made the putt that um i was i won and that I didn't have to wait for any vote. I didn't have to wait for um, any media to uh, look at my record. I knew right then and there that I was a Hall of Famer on the LPGA tour and the World Golf Hall of Fame wasn't even in existence. Uh, it wasn't even a thought. Um, uh, and so I knew right then and there that um, I, was, I was a Hall of Famer and my, my journey uh my goals had been reached. My journey um was basically um completed.
0: Were there thoughts of your father?
1: Oh lots of thoughts of my dad. Yes. My dad my uh Mike, my, my dad um my dad knew that I recovered from thyroid. You know, he saw my he saw my 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 spiral down. He did see my recovery. But my dad did not see me enter um the the LPGA Hall of Fame. He had passed away um before I had made that mark. Yeah. But he knew I was on I was going to make it. I mean, uh the way I had recovered from my thyroid, but uh daddy uh, daddy did not see the moment.
0: You know, in in retrospect, uh, we've had a few guests. I remember Bruce talk about, as Pat just mentioned, achieving a a large goal they had set for themselves, a career goal, and then experienced a letdown. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, unavoidable yeah. because your mindset is so geared toward this happening. You achieve yeah. it. What's next? And some talk about not setting that next goal, for example. What happened in your case, uh, Pat? Yeah. Uh, was there a letdown?
1: There was that, uh, Mike. In fact, I called Dr. Rattella, and I said, Doc, what do I do now? <laughs> and he said, well, Pat, we got to set new goals. But it was tough, though, Mike. I have to say, it was a tough mindset to let go of. I mean, I knew deep in my heart and my mind that I I achieved my ultimate goal and that was LPGA Hall of Fame. And um I, you know, it 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 never, you know, I I I tried to play tricks with myself, but um it just never was quite the same. The bonus the bonus was I won in nineteen ninety five the health self um and um And that was my last win, um, on the LPGA tour. And so that kind of, you know, the bonus was winning again after, you know, I had completed what I thought was the ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, but yet, um, there was one more.
0: And that was in 95, but let's be real, uh, you're at the pinnacle of your career. You you finish another outstanding year in 1991, but you're 40 years old. And if you look back in the nineties, you can remember all these kids that are coming along and they're probably knocking it by yeah. you. Annika Sorenstam, Carrie Webb, yeah. Sari Pack, Dottie Pepper, Michelle McGann, yeah. Donna Andrews, Brandy Burton, Meg Mallon, Rosie, Kelly Robbins, boom, boom, boom. And, and you're, yeah. you're trying to keep up with them.
1: And that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was hard. Um, And, um, and I, you know, I, I I thought I could and, um, but I, I knew in reality that, um, I, it, it was, it was getting harder and harder. And the thing, the other other thing is my, you know, we, in my era, we held on, we held on much longer than maybe we should have. But we had no other place you to step it. over to, like the guys can. Yeah,
0: yeah. right. That's right.
1: So yeah. I, we, we held on longer than we probably should have. But, um, uh, 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 big, but you know, um, I was, I was able to let go a lot easier than some because I knew, I knew that I had accomplished what what I set out, and that was the the highest the highest honor in my sport was LPGA Hall of Fame, so I could walk away and be extremely satisfied. Yeah. Um. But I, you know, I would have liked to have had a U.S. Women's Senior Open a little sooner than when I was sixty-six.
0: <laughs> and you're not the Lone Ranger.
1: Yes, huh But I mean, <laughs> it's better late than never, Mike.
0: Well, that's right. So- and
1: I, you know, I thought for a while there I was going to miss my tea time because they were never going to schedule it. Yeah. But at 66, I made my tea time and I was grateful. I made the cut. And uh, now, um, of course, these uh, young 50 year olds are coming up and it's going to be a great. They have a wonderful opportunity to win a national title. There you
2: go. So, Pat, here's, I'm going to give you a, a statistic and then ask you a question. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, Your LPGA playoff record was six and four. Yes. What do you think the 80, did we say 86, Mike? This will be the eighty-sixth
0: interview, yeah. What
2: do you think the one lost record for the eighty-six great players that we've interviewed is? What do oh. you think their winning percentage is?
1: Wow. Mine was six and four. Yep. And ooh I geez, I I don't I, I don't know, Bruce.
2: How about forty three? They only won 43% of the time. So that tells us what? Tells us that playoffs uh, don't mm-hmm. necessarily go to the greatest players. Sometimes they no. lose. Or they lose more often than they win. Quite a remarkable statistic, isn't it?
1: That is, Bruce. I never looked at it that way, honey. Yeah. Wow.
0: Pat you had you had that final win you referred to in nineteen ninety five at the health south uh inaugural yes. uh, by one over beth daniels so you had you had at least that one more win in you when did you sort of really wind it down
1: yeah i as i say guys i i was um i was in my fifties i i i let go i i think i i think i played my last dinosaur 2004. I let go 2004 and, um, yeah, my, I, I was, uh, of course, uh, you know, in my fifties, I was missing more cuts than I was making, uh, the Annikas and, um, you know, these youngsters were, uh, they were just so good, so strong. And, um, and, and, and it was, yeah, it was, it was time to let go. And so 2004, I really, I really, I really kind of let go. I, you know, I played, I played quite a bit in uh, 96, 7 and 8, little sporadic in 99, 2000. But, um, and, and I think the last tournament I played was the Dinosaur in 204.
0: Well, as we, uh, as we sort of wind down here, a couple of things we want to do. We want to, I'm going to just talk briefly about, uh, in general, your major championship performance. We'll talk, of course, about the Solheim Cup. Uh, uh, you can bring us up to speed as to kind of what you're up to to bring us current, and then we'll have some final questions. But uh, just for our listeners, uh, Pat Bradley and the major championships, I want, I, want, I want you all to listen to these stats very carefully because they're very impressive. Pat made the cut 82 times out of 96 majors. That's 85%. The only player I've ever seen do better than that is Bruce Crampton at 88%. Uh, 63 top 25s across those 96 majors. That's 66% of the time she was in the top 25. She was in the top 10 in majors 35% of the time. She was in the top 5 26% of the time. And that includes 6 wins, 7 seconds, Seven thirds so in the top three more than one out of five times she was in the top three uh, we looked at your top threes uh, uh 20 20 times. Amazing. What was fascinating Pat I don't even know if you're aware of this, but if you look at your 20 top threes anytime mm-hmm. you lost you were beaten by a hall of famer except for one major. When Tammy Green wanted Beaconsfield in 1989. Every other time you finished second or third, it was a Hall of Famer that beat you.
1: Hmm. Wow. I did not know that, Mike.
0: Isn't that great?
1: Wow. That's amazing, huh? Yes. That's amazing. Of
0: course, we've touched on some of your, your close calls. Uh, you know, we, we probably spent another half an hour just going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, but yeah,
1: but,
0: but you highlighted some of them that, that are front and center in your mind in terms of woulda, shoulda, coulda. But you talk about, again, uh, uh, coming to play every day. The, that major record is, is quite unbelievable. And then we go to the Solheim Cup, and you were one of the privileged few who as a player got to compete in the inaugural Solheim Cup. Can you imagine, looking Mm -hmm. back with with the perspective of today, did you ever think what would have become of that event?
1: I know it, Mike. I mean, I remember that event, and I'm going to tell you a little story. There was only eight of us back in 1990. You know, we were just getting our feet wet. We were just finding, you know, the right the right uh ingredients or whatever. Um and Nancy and I we were paired together the first day and it was alternate shot. And you know nowadays you watch these uh captains and you know it's all you know it's scientific it's this that the <laughs> other you know but so we're on the putting green, Nancy and I getting ready. We're gonna play uh we're gonna play Laura Davies and Allison Nicholas.
2: Yep. Pretty yep. good team.
1: And so we're on the putting green and Nancy, you know, comes over and says, Pat, I how do you feel? I said, Oh, I feel great, Nancy. How will you feel? Well, I feel good. You know, I you know I said, Well, you know, I said, I'm a little nervous. Nancy goes, Yeah, uh, I'm a little nervous too. I said, Okay, you know, that's all right. So now we're walking to the first tee.
0: First first match out.
1: First match out. Yeah. So Nancy goes, uh, well, Pat, uh, what do you think? I said, well, I said, I, I you know, I, I mean, you know, Nance, I like odd numbers. I don't mind odd. You know, what do you think? Well, I don't mind even. I said, "We well, you know, sometimes I'm an oddball, Nance. I can take odd. Okay, you take odd. So- Lo and behold, I hit the first tee shot in all of Solheim history. Yeah. And Nancy, to this day, can't get over. She gave it up. <laughs>
2: well, she had a she, chance, didn't she?
1: She had a chance, Bruce. She passed it. <laughs> she, she passed it
0: off. Today, that decision that you two made on the practice screen would have been made <laughs> months in advance. Yeah.
1: Of course it would have. Yeah. Oh absolutely and what ball are you using and you know how far did he hit it off the, you know oh, it yeah. was yeah so and and there's a good trivia question hon. if somebody says you know who hit the first ball in solheim cup history <laughs> bet, bet your house on it because they're going to pick lopes yeah. and it was me there you go so, but that was the start of history and you know, to see where it's come today, guys. I mean, it Amazing. took the Ryder Cup thirty something years to get to the crescendo it is at this moment. It has taken the ladies Solheim Cup, you know, like you know, ten years, twelve years to get to the crescendo it uh the crescendo it is now. So um it really is I was over I, I went to Spain um, this year and, and and cheered on the USA. And um, it's interesting, in 33 years, they had a tie. Yeah, Now
2: Isn't that amazing? I'm
1: sure the powers that be are going to talk about that, you know, to go all the way over there. Yeah, right. And with television, and there was no real winner, it was a tie. But anyway, it is what the rules are. And I'm sure they're going to talk about um, maybe for the next one. But it was um, the 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 golf that these young ladies are playing is just um, it's just incredible. It's just wonderful to see. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, the record uh, will show that that first Solheim Cup was contested at Lake Nona, and the captains yes. were Kathy Whitworth on the U.S. side and Mickey Walker.
1: Mickey Walker on the G B I side. Yes.
0: Had a pretty good team. Five Hall of Famers. You had six Hall of Famers on that '92 team, uh, and then uh, you finished up as a player in, in, in at playing at Wales with Judy Rankin yep. as your captain. '96, another five yep. Hall of Famers on that team. So you had some strong, strong teams over the years,
1: without a doubt. Yes.
0: How different was it being the captain in 2000 when you went to Loch Lomond and, and went against yes. uh, Dale Reed and the and the girls there?
1: Yes, Mike. I mean. Uh, 2000 was an interesting year. Um, first of all, we were supposed to play in September, but because of the Olympics, we were pushed to October. Now, in Scotland, October is not just the rainy season. These it's cool. the mega. It's the mega rainy
0: it can get cold too, yeah. and
1: it can be cold. In fact, it was so rainy that at at the beginning of the week, uh, Dale and I, we had to pick one player in case the event was rained out. That one player would play one hole to make the decision. Whoa! Mm. Yes, because we were bumped. From September to October, we didn't have a morning or an afternoon session. There was not enough daylight. We only had one session a day. And so that made it difficult. You know, if you had a tough first day, um, you know, it was tough to fight back. You know, it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, we didn't have the luxury of, you um, you know, a Friday morning, a Friday afternoon, a Saturday morning, a Saturday afternoon. So, um, it was, I had a great, I had a great group of players. Um, I learned a lot. Um, you know, we lost at Loch Lomond. It was Loch Loman was a great golf course. It had a lot of risk and reward, Mm -hmm. um, which you like for match play. Um, but, um, uh, we, we we as a team came up a little short, and so um, that 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 was it. It was a tough. It was it was a different. Um, it was a different uh, week for Solheim.
0: It's got to be uh, frustrating because uh, there's only so much you can do once you set the lineup. You didn't hit any shots.
1: No, I know. Uh, yeah, and it was you know with the weather. I mean, it it rained. I mean. People were breaking their wrists, breaking their ankles, slipping down the hills uh, you know I mean you couldn't you couldn't drive a cart because uh, the carts would get stuck in mud um, yeah, I mean it was uh, it, it, it was uh, it was, uh, it, was uh, it was a tough week for all of us both you know both uh, both America and in and, and Europe uh, but the Europeans, um, they played a little bit better and, um, you know, it was, uh, it was what it was. And, um, yeah, that was a long time ago.
0: Well, there, there were a lot of experiences you had with the Honda cup as well. And then you sort of touched yeah. on, uh, a little bit of, uh, experience with the legends, particularly being able to play Chicago golf in that inaugural senior U S women's open.
1: Yeah, that was special. I mean, I, I mean, I turned, yeah. You know, I I mean, it was 16 years into, um, you know, waiting for, uh, the USGA to decide, um, whether to have a women's senior open or not. I was 66. Um, I had gone, I had gone to a number of the, um, USGA, uh, February meetings, um, and, of course, when they saw me, they, they went running.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they knew what the topic was. Huh? Yeah,
1: they knew exactly what the topic was. <laughs> yeah. um, but, Good for you. you know, it is what it is. And um, as I say, I thought I was going to miss my tea time. I thought they were going to wait way too long. Uh, but I was able to play at Chicago, which was, boy, what a fabulous.
2: What a great track, huh?
1: That was a, that was a lot of fun. It was a great it was a great pick for the seniors for, for us. Um, and I think they're going to go back there, um, down in the future because it was such a good course,
2: but it's a great track.
1: It was that. And, um, and I made the cut and, um, you know, and it was, uh, it was very rewarding to do that. It'd been so long since I had really, you know, played it competitively and, you know, Bruce you know in order to keep up your your stamina and everything, you got to play you, you got to have reps yeah. you got to have rounds and of course um you know at that stage it you know it, it was harder to maintain but as i say it was i i was thrilled to uh, to play in the very first one
0: Well as we sort of wind down our visit with Pat Bradley Bruce uh, you know you look at some of the accolades, in addition to the Hall of Fame inductions, uh, both for the World Golf Hall of Fame and the LPGA Hall of Fame, there, there are a few other great awards that were bestowed upon this lady as well. Yeah, the uh, LPGA William and uh, Mousy Powell Award was won.
2: Uh, yep. The LPGA Patty Berg Award, which I'm sure that gave you great pleasure in receiving that. Yes. And – uh the New Hampshire Golf Hall of Fame too and uh, you went in there with Jane Blaylock.
1: I did. Yep. Janie uh you know grew up grew up in in uh in um New Hampshire. Um I my started my golf at Nashua Country Club just over the you know the Massachusetts line. Yep. Um so and then I was uh I was inducted into the uh the Massachusetts Golf Hall of Fame. Um and then uh, a couple other things, fellas. In nineteen, in nineteen ninety eight, I received the Gold Tee Award from the Metropolitan Golf Writers Association. Mm-hmm. Um, in um, in nineteen eighty nine, uh, my family and I received the Jack Nicholas Golf Family Year Award from the National Golf Foundation. Nice in nineteen eighty nine I received the Ben Hogan award for overcoming my graves disease and bouncing back and winning again that's great and then um of course guys in nineteen ninety eight the world Golf Hall of Fame was established and I think about thirty of us um thirty of us went into um went into the hall of fame the world Golf Hall of Fame down in St. Augustine, which now next year in June, um, we will be in Pinehurst. Pinehurst
2: next year.
1: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing where our new home is in Pinehurst.
2: Yeah. Mike and I hope to see you there.
1: Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And um, the other thing is, guys, just recently, um, Florida International University just celebrated my 45th FIU Pat Bradley College Tournament.
2: How about that? That's nice.
1: Um I was there in October uh, down in Sarasota. And to think guys, to think 45 years ago FIU then knew how important it was to have women's golf uh, um at at um at FIU. So I'm proud of my college for Yeah. You know, recognizing that 45 years ago, how important women's golf was.
0: Well, that's terrific. Uh, And Pat, you may not know this, but in closing, Bruce and I now have a tradition of asking our guests three final questions. Are you ready? Okay. All right. I always defer to my elder statesman here, my -hmm. senior partner, to ask the first question. Okay, Pat.
2: I'm going to take mm-hmm. you back when you first went on the tour yes, and Bruce. give you the knowledge that you have today and ask mm. you the question, what would you have done differently?
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, I – oh, boy. No, I mean, I, 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 I've said it before. The timing for me, Bruce, was absolutely perfect. I accomplished more than I ever dreamed from growing up in Westford, Massachusetts, where there are no golf courses back then. Uh, There was no AJGA there. You know, I, I, I accomplished so much and I was in a time where I knew, I knew the, um, the greats of our game. I knew um, the founders of our game and I walked alongside of our founders of the game and the Betsy Rawls and the Carol Manns and the Sandra Haney's. I, I, I wouldn't do anything different.
0: There you go. So second question, and perhaps there are a few candidates for this, but we're going to give you one career mulligan, one shot to do over. Which one would it be?
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I would have told NBC to buzz off. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: you go. Take that, Larry. Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> okay, so we're going to finish it off with one more question. How would you like to be remembered? How would you like Pat Bradley to be remembered?
1: Oh, guys. uh I, 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 I was a grinder and I, 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 I played to be a hall of famer and I am both an LPGA hall of famer and a world golf hall of famer. And, um, that's what I want to be remembered for.
2: You will be pet. Thank you for your time today. It's been a special day for Mike and I to have you uh, on For the uh, Good of the Game. And uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, guys. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for your hard work. I'm um, I'm honored to be a part of this uh, this uh, podcast. And, and thank you again.
0: Then it started thank you for listening to another episode of For the Good of the Game. And please, wherever you listen to your podcast on Apple and Spotify, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, spread the word, and tell your friends. Until we tee it up again, for the good of the game, so long, everybody.
2: Whack down the fairway,
0: it went smack down the fairway. And it started to slice just a smidge off line It headed for two, but it bounced
2: off nine My caddy says, long as you're still in the state, you're okay Yes, it went straight down the middle Quite a way